What's going on, you ghoulishly glorious goats? Welcome to this week's episode of Total Pod Mode. My name is James, also known as Mr. Bames, and I'm joined, as always, by the wondrous Will, also known as Hoodafunk. Heyo! Spooky month is once again upon us. Fingers crossed we have a slightly more chill Halloween than we did last year, eh, Will? Yeah, uh, things got a little out of hand last year. I'm looking forward to getting back to normality, for one. I even took a couple of steps this week to ensure things go smoothly this time around. Ooh, do tell. Well... I was a little concerned, the the way we left things last time, that Shaman Bro might have felt a little sore about things. We? More like you, bud. I mean, the moment he'd performed the exorcism and served his purpose, you were very quick to drop him. I hope you're not suggesting that you got the podcast cursed or something like that. No, no. Well, I think not, at least, anyway. Maybe I should call him. I mean, I'm not sure he's forgiven you, to be honest, mate, but... Maybe worth a go, yeah. Anyways, like I said, I pulled a couple strings to help keep things on track this year, just in case of any hiccups. I hired some help. You hired some... help? I mean, I guess it makes sense given that we sacked off the TPM emergency pistol after the whole Santa incident. Yeah, I hopped on the dark web and created a profile on a site where you can hire guys for protection and stuff. Protection and... stuff. Yeah, just in case Shaman Bro was planning on making an entrance. You know, he's a crazy guy. Sorry if listening, Shaman bro. But, uh, I just felt like it was a good idea to hire someone to protect us. And stuff. Right. And is he here now? Yeah, of course. Can I bring him in? He's just waiting outside. I guess so, man. I mean, if you really feel like it's necessary. It's not going to affect the podcast, though, right? I wouldn't worry about that, man. I made sure it wouldn't be a problem this time around. Oh, yeah? How's that? This guy doesn't talk. Come in, Donny. He doesn't talk? Exactly. Since I've met him in person, he doesn't say a peep. Okay, well, uh... Shh. He's coming in, man. Just like normal. And don't worry about the... Hey, whoa, my God! <coughs> uh, pleased to meet you there. Uh, thanks for being here tonight. Oh, uh, he doesn't like it when you talk to him? Oh, shit. Well, uh, sorry, man. You did it again! Fuck. Anyways, man. We're way behind schedule and way off track already. Let's crack on. Right, right, right. I guess this motherfucker is just going to stand there and looking all menacing and shit, huh? <sighs> anyway, let's hit them socials. You can, as always, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts by searching for Total Pod Mode. We also post regular video content of our playthroughs, stream highlights, as well as the podcast on our YouTube channel, Total Pod Mode. You can also find us on X by searching for at Total Pod Mode, all one word. Or you can find me at Hoodafunk on X, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Hoodafunk. And you can find me on X at MrBames, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash MrBames underscore tpf so will i think it's about that time talk to me man what you've been playing this week so i've kind of been dancing around a few games this week not really been able to settle on much but i guess the one that i'll probably focus on talking about is cyberpunk i finally caved following the 2.0 update and the release of the phantom liberty downloadable content and uh, i went all in picked up the package and finally decided to figure what it's all about oh very nice too how are you finding it so far well so far i've got to say that It seems to me that it looks incredible and it plays really well as well. It feels very smooth and fluid in terms of your movement. You feel like a very agile character, despite the fact it's a first person shooter. And I know in some instances of those types of games, it's kind of hard to to get a real agile feel without resorting to wall running and wall bouncing and that kind of stuff. 
Although I do hear that uh, Cyberpunk was actually originally supposed to have wall running in it, and it doesn't surprise me at all, given the type of game it is. Exactly, I thought there'd be some sort of cybernetic enhancement that could make you parkour god or something. <laughs> parkour! So I went ahead and made a new character in the game, uh, fresh save, created my character, made myself have a, uh, a medium-sized penis, uncircumcised, let's get, we're getting right into the details <laughs> straight away, uh, very fancy stripy pubic hair. So can I take from that that it's a pretty complex character creation suite then, can I? <laughs> yeah, there's like various kinds of genitals and sizes that you can pick from, uh, nice. yeah, and you can pick any sort of genital for any sort of model type. It feels like a very free character creator in some ways. However, in others, it's just a bunch of toggles. So for your type of eyes, you just have like 40 or so kinds of eyes to choose from. That goes right. the same with the nose, the mouth, the jaw, pretty much all the features of the face. Rather than a slider to shape it customer. Like. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you have a lot of options to choose from, but it's not possible to kind of disable sliders and make a freak, to my knowledge, anyway. Right, got you. Bit of a shame that. Bit of a shame, but it's just one of yeah. It's kind of it's not necessarily something that I expect from every character creator. It's it's fine and it makes it kind of fit the context of the game. You still feel like you've got a load of freedom in terms of all sorts of crazy piercings, tattoos, eye colors, hairstyles. I think the game has probably got the most hairstyles out of any game that I've played. More than Monster Hunter. I think so. Oh damn! But either way, the character creator does feel very free in terms of what you can create. And I have made a guy that looks like very much like a cyberpunk. I don't really know how else to put it. He's got oh, spiky so green hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's also got like uh, these massive thick tattoos covering his body and face. Naturally. Uh, kind of like a skull design on his face. His eyes are glowing black and red. Piercings everywhere. Piercings everywhere. Chromed out fingernails. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. That's a load of detail then. You weren't joking. There's a lot going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There was a, there's a lot of variation in terms of the things that you can do. I don't think that, despite the fact that there aren't sliders in this game, I don't think that it's a, you would have a hard time making what feels like a really unique character. That's good. Yeah, I need that shit in my RPGs. Yeah, yeah. Never liked it when in a game that you could create a character and then you see a guard walking around that look the same as you. Never like that. And also, uh, so pedestrians that I've seen in the game, they all look pretty unique so far. I haven't really noticed any repetition of that. That's good. It does feel like a pretty alive, busy city. That's really great to hear because that was one of the things when I saw the game on my mate's PS5 that I criticised it for the most was that the city felt dead. So I'm really happy you've said that. Yeah, a lot of the plazas are really busy. Uh, and when you're driving around, a lot of the time you kind of forget that you're playing side cyberpunk and you kind of just enter gta 5 mode really where you're just kind of driving around <laughs> crashing through buildings and uh the environment seems to have a lot of destruction which allows you to uh, you know, like crash around and the effects look good it doesn't That's feel good. like you're in a kind of a bland landscape you know oh very nice too and how's the driving like is it on point is it kind of different to anything else is it special in some way that's kind of what i mean when i say sometimes you forget that you're playing cyberpunk it does control remarkably similar to gta 5 in a lot of ways i don't know whether they've touched up the vehicle physics and the driving since initial release where i'd heard that it was a bit patchy but playing it now it seems to play really well yeah it's really enjoyable to to get around in a car I haven't tried any of the motorbike driving yet, but my old dusty car that you get to begin with, uh, it's it's serving me well. Nice, nice. And is it like GTA in the sense of you can steal any other vehicle or is it... 
you have your car and you can potentially buy a new one or mod it or something. It's like GTA in almost every sense of the word. You can still have a vehicles and then in response to that, you get a wanted level of one star and, you know, it oh, kind fair. of progresses. It's, it feels very familiar in a lot of ways, which um, honestly is, is only a good thing as far as I'm concerned. That's kind of the wanted system that I do want in the game. What I will say is I did have an instance of the police spawning behind me in massive numbers uh, still. Oh, yeah. So it seems like that hasn't been entirely fixed. But I will say that the parameters of me doing that were quite strange where i was actually in a cutscene area and i had decided to uh behead someone and carry them into the cutscene just to see what would happen and what did happen just out of interest <laughs> well I, they mostly ignored it to be honest with you the doorman let me into this club but whilst i was being let into the club i just heard this crash and turned around and there were like five police cars in the car <laughs> all pulling their guns out they started firing but then the moment i started speaking to the bouncer they all kind of just put their guns away and went about their business, got in their cars and drove off. So, and yeah. did you lose your wanted level as well? Yes, because I walked straight into the club and I assumed by that point, yeah, kind of a uh, semi-set piece took over and yeah, they'd forgotten about the wanted level by that point. Yeah, crime America. Yeah. <laughs> Why America? Is, is, is uh, Night City in America? It is, yeah. I think it's set in California or somewhere, I think. Then fair, crime yeah. America. This <laughs> <laughs> is a crime, this so aside from a few sort of minor glitches and things that i would kind of put in a similar class as bethesda ones where they're more amusing if anything yeah cdpr glitches they yeah, exist too yeah, yeah yeah absolutely however i will say for the most part they're pretty far and few between other than that instance that's the only thing i can think that i can really count as a notable glitch back to the combat and finding that really enjoyable i'm kind of going for a mix of stealth and style as well one of the skill trees in the game that you can invest in is just cool <laughs> so i've been investing in that quite a lot because it enhances your thrown weapons like throwing knives and things and i've been experimenting with sneaking around using small throwing knives and pistols with silencers and i'm specking into getting uh, like a pretty high level stealth skill tree based around pistols and throwing weapons really very nice and of course throwing weapons universally known as the coolest weapons so very good undoubtedly Getting headshots with throwing knives is one of the most satisfying things I've done in the game so far. And because the way that the throwing weapons work in the game, they're kind of regenerative. You throw the thing and then you just have to wait a number of seconds before it recharges. Zips back into your hand so you can keep throwing it and uh, and using that. That sounds very Blade. I like it. It's fun. It makes it really, really fun. Very satisfying and a really good way to enhance the stealth mechanics of the game. Yeah, very nice, very nice. So I've got to ask, Will, because it's a CD Projekt Red, is there any sort of resemblance to The Witcher at all in terms of gameplay, mission structure, things like that? Not that I've encountered so far, no. This seems to be kind of like an entirely separate beast, yeah. That's both disappointing and good. It's good in the sense that they've done something original, but it's disappointing because I was hoping to hear that the side quests have the same level of complexity and effect on the world, which I guess they still might do. I just can't speak to that at all because I've only really engaged with the story so far and I'm very much kind of into just past chapter one. Just in terms of depth of quests and things like that, I really couldn't comment until I played a bit more. Okay, fair. But I'm hoping the same as you. That's what I'm really... I think that that's where I would hope that the game had its strengths, even on release. Um, that's where I was hoping for the good content to be. So uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to update on that next week. Yeah, nice. I mean, similar to when you said it about Starfield, really, I don't doubt the quality of that sort of thing. That's kind of just a given. So yeah, I look forward to hearing more about that when you get to it, man. I wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, the net running in the game because that's one of the abilities that I've unlocked and I've been trying to pursue as well. It's another system that you can work in really nicely alongside the stealth gameplay. And what exactly is net running, sorry? So net running is hacking in the game, essentially. It's using cyberware implanted 
in your body through your eyes to hack stuff remotely so as you're playing in the game and you know you're doing your regular sort of first person uh shooting and hacking and slashing stealth mechanics you can also slow down time and look at various objects in the game and use them to help you that includes looking at enemies and causing them to overload their guns or causing a short circuit in their own hardware you can actually briefly turn off their vision which will blind them and uh, stop them from attacking you so there's quite a few different ways you can use it to affect enemies but you can also use it to affect objects in the environment so you could make various things that are electronically wired malfunction and then that'll uh, aid you in distracting enemies and make you able to sneak around them in cases where you don't even want to encounter them and do takedown kills that's kind of neat and obviously there's quite a lot of offensive electronics in the game things like turrets and stuff like that which you can hack to help you with it goes quite deep because you can actually use visual hardware like surveillance cameras to actually be your eyes and ears as you progress through so if you find a surveillance camera uh you've got the option to just turn it off and carry on sneaking through However, you can connect to the network and from that you can jump between cameras and you can cause that to overload and distort things down the line from you that will help you as you progress and try and sneak through the area. So you can kind of get eyes and ears on the next couple of rooms ahead of you if you actually hack into the camera and use it. And from those cameras, you can still trigger things like overloading and short-circuiting in your enemies through the camera. So you don't even need to be in the same room looking at your enemy. It's really cool stuff. That is really cool. I like the sound of that. Very, very spy game. Very spy game and... It's worked very seamlessly into the way that you play as well. It's a very quick menu to pop up. Time slows down to really slow. So it gives you plenty of time to think about your options and what you want to do. And uh, yeah, I really like the way that they've implemented that into the game. Yeah, it does sound really fucking cool, that. Also, as I've played through, even though I'm kind of in the early days of the storyline, I think that they did a really solid job of the uh, storytelling initially, the cutscenes, uh, where you start off in the game, how you meet up with your initial accomplice and you work through the first few missions. That all seems to be delivered in quite like a compact but really well-told way. And you get to meet a lot of characters and sit down and have discussions. There's a lot of sitting through long talks and things like that. This isn't the sort of game where you can expect a whole bunch of action right out the gate. Uh, so I guess that's comparative to The Witcher. There's a lot of scene setting and talking and dialogue options that you can branch from, different ways that you can play out missions. Yeah, so I suppose actually that is something that you to the witcher is even in the short time i've played it i do get the sense that i'd like to go back and play it again as a very different character yeah and i think i've got another two characters in mind for how i'm gonna play this this time i'm kind of like a nomadic outcast uh, and a bit of a wild card wild card bitches i think probably after that i'm gonna do like a an absolute corporate or what they call corpo, uh, just psychopath. I'm going to do like a psychopath run as a corpo. Makes sense. And then following that, I think I'll probably free wing it. See how I go. I've got two characters that are set, but I'd really like to see what the strength abilities do. Uh, as I say, at the moment, I'm really focusing on stealth, net running and coolness. Uh, but I hear that with strength abilities, you can straight up do stuff like just rip doors off hinges to get around environments differently. Uh, and you have some really interesting abilities in terms of how you can maneuver around the environment, slow down time, pick up enemies and throw them at other enemies oh nice yeah so there's a whole raft of stuff that i'm kind of ignoring at the moment but i'll come back on it next time very good stuff man i like the sound of it yeah i mean as far as uh things go i could definitely recommend it uh, as i say as far as things go fair well i look forward to hearing more about it mate but that's about me for this week man what about yourself um i've been relatively boring in the sense that i basically just did what i did last week 
I did the final mission in the Wolong DLC that I needed to do to get my hundo percent achievements back. <laughs> right, okay. Taking it away from me twice at this point, but I, <laughs> I'm going to keep getting it. I'm not, I'm not working that hard for it originally and then losing it over some DLC. Nah, not going to happen. But that was pretty non-eventful, nothing really to talk about. And then um, I played a bit more Liza P. I actually started a new character because I wanted to try um, an advanced build, which is basically magic. Okay, okay. How are you finding that so far? Not really magic, it's more elements. Um, yeah, so far, man, it's, it's been really fun, actually. What do you do with these elements? So it's basically there are certain blades in the game that are infused with acid, fire, electricity. Oh, sure thing. Okay. So you know when you get longsword and it scales with strength, right? You When your strength goes up and it's an A rank, so you'll get plus 50 extra damage based on your strength number, right? example yeah with the advanced stat it increases that number on the elemental damage of the blade um so i'm doing less damage overall physically but the element damage i'm doing is a lot higher which actually means that the effects that it produces happen more often work longer and seemingly melt through certain enemies in the game (laughs) okay okay so it's been really fun so far and interesting different play style which is nice but also remarkably similar yeah i suppose and making you learn which of the enemies that's best to use which associated element with that sounds like a fun way to play it's pretty fun and i'm probably halfway through the game just over doing that so is this a new game plus playthrough or is this a fresh new game this is a new character i am still doing my new game plus playthrough as well but i thought if i'm going to 100 percent achievement this game which i'd like to do but it's going to be a big ask i need to do three playthroughs anyway and one of them would for the most optimal way to do it is to do a starting again one so i thought i'd just do a starting again fair one. enough yeah my new game plus run will then be just the tidy up one probably right, and at that yeah. point i can then pick either character depending on which one i like the most so that's my logic but I don't really have much else to say on those because I've already covered them in previous weeks. So with that, I think we're done with the catch-up for this week and we'll move on to the gaming news. So our first news story this week is kind of a twofer. Two long-standing CEOs are stepping down or changing roles. So news broke last week that our favourite executive, Jim Ryan, oh, yeah, the bitch. will be stepping down as CEO of Sony Interactive in March 2024. Perhaps most well known as the staunchest advocate of the FTC blocking Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard, although he did also oversee the launch of the PS5 to be fair to him, that was pretty successful. He took on the role of CEO in 2019, having initially joined Sony Europe in 1994, and will be succeeded by Sony Group Corporation President and Chief Operating Officer Hiroki Totoki who will take on the role on an interim basis from the 1st of April 2024. On his decision to step down, Ryan said the following, After 30 years, I have made the decision to retire from SIE, Sony Interactive Entertainment, in March 2024. I've relished the opportunity to have a job I love in a very special company, working with great people and incredible partners, but I found it increasingly difficult to reconcile living in Europe and working in North America. I will leave having been privileged to work on products that have touched millions of lives across the world. PlayStation will always be part of my life, and I feel more optimistic than ever about the future of SIE. Very nice words there, eh? Yeah, some nice parting words. i got to say, do you think that any of this relates to his kind of worsening public perception following some of the uh, the fallout of the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard? Or do you think that this is sort of entirely unrelated and it's just time for him to move on? I won't lie, I had that thought. There is a part of me that thinks this might be a sort of, yo, Jim... 
Do you want to retire so that we don't have to sack you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it didn't help that so many emails got leaked and people were finding out that he was just kind of doing this to be a stick in the mud in terms of his objections towards the acquisition. I think that that in and of itself really kind of it put its name on quite a few people's lists and uh, not in a good way. Yeah, it, did, it wasn't a good look for him. And that's why I have that suspicion. But at the same time, it's been at the company 30 years. He's not the, I, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying he's not the youngest bloke in the world. Maybe he is just retiring. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, the fact that it's 30 years, I'd be interested to know if it really is actually fully 30 years, because actually that's quite a nice number to finish on. Uh, yeah, the fact that he's landed on 30 years and retiring, that also kind of, I think, points towards the fact that he wasn't pushed. We'll never know. That's probably something that only he and the higher ups will know. We say that like rather it was uh, SIE were actually like, we'll let him get 30 years and then we'll push him. <laughs> oh dear but no all the best in your retirement Jim that's the, the nicest thing I'm ever going to say to you so there you go but following that news Will this week it has been announced that CD Projekt Red CEO Adam Shazinski will also be leaving his role as CEO in 2024 However, he is not retiring or leaving the company. Instead, from January 2024, he will take on the role of Chief Strategy Officer, with current Chief Creative Officer Adam Badovsky and Chief Commercial Officer Michael Novakovsky set to take over as joint CEOs of CDPR. This is part of a much larger management shakeup within CDPR, so potentially expect to hear about further changes in the coming weeks. But it's also worth noting as part of this that he's also working as an advisor to these new CEOs, apparently. Which makes sense. He's been at the company a hell of a long time and has worked across multiple different job roles in the company. Yeah, seems like a nice comfortable way to set back and still earn yourself a nice slice on the side without perhaps all of the demands of that role that he's stepping away from. Yeah, makes perfect sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Good and nice that they're keeping him around. Yeah, good for him. So with our second news story, and this one's a bit more of an unfortunate one. News from Sony of an unfortunate nature, as I've just said. As PlayStation confirms that a data breach has led to the personal information of roughly 6,800 employees being exposed. Definitely not a good look this one. Yeah, no, honestly, this is uh, this is kind of echoes of the, uh, the breaches we heard before about Microsoft. Yeah, unfortunately, but uh, this time only affecting Sony, not affecting other companies, it would seem. Um, so to quote an article from The Gamer... Last month, a ransomware group called Ransomed.vc claimed that it had managed to breach all Sony systems and was threatening to sell stolen data, though it was never actually confirmed whether the breach happened or what kind of data had been stolen. After the incident, Sony said it had begun investigating, but was not ready to provide any comments regarding the potential breach at the time. Now, it's since come out that it turns out there was a thing, and... To that effect, in a letter to affected employees, Sony stated that on June the 2nd, 2023, SIE discovered the unauthorised downloads, immediately took the platform offline and remediated the vulnerability. An investigation was then launched with assistance from external cybersecurity experts. We also notified law enforcement. Once SIE identified the downloaded files, we began a process to determine what types of personal information were affected and to whom it relates. While we worked quickly, this was a time-consuming process and we wanted to provide you accurate information. Freaking massive boo-boo this. And that doesn't really inspire much confidence, does it? That sort of semi-apology, sort of not, but sort of. No, not at all. I think that this is probably a case of someone downloading a file and clicking on a link that was sent to them in an email and, and accidentally giving them like a, a massive line into uh, Sony's systems. So uh, I guess uh, cyber training is going to be pretty high up on the uh, <laughs> the staff training <laughs> board for a while. Yeah, you certainly hope so, eh? 
But notably as part of this, no player information was exposed as part of the breach. They do feel the need to clarify that because of all the previous player information breaches that Sony's had. Exactly, and this is not a repeat of the famous incident in 2011 where the personal information of around 77 million accounts was exposed. So, well done for not being that shit. Yeah, we're down from uh, 77 million to basically just only 7,000 of your own employees. Good job, Sony. Yeah, well done, I guess. Yeah. Honestly, we're getting better. There's improvements, right? Yeah, in 12 years, you've had a second breach, but it's way smaller. We should be celebrating. Party over here. Not a good look, this, is it? No, not at all. (laughs) So in our final news story this week, again, unfortunately, not a particularly happy one, this. But Bungie are being sued by a former employee. That is, of course, Bungie, famously developers of Destiny 2, amongst other things. Halo initially as well (laughs) oh yeah that little game yeah (laughs) so uh, according to a new ign report former hr manager ingrid alm is suing bungie claiming that she was wrongfully dismissed after bringing an alleged case of racial bias to one of her supervisors so at this point i'm going to quote directly from the article from our good friends at game rant uh basically to ensure that i don't misinterpret the details we'll leave our listeners to do that instead exactly so Begin quote. (laughs) You're tiptoeing around this. (laughs) Quote, beginning now. (laughs) And I will signal when it is finished by saying, end quote. End quote now. (laughs) So, begin quote. A few months after being hired by Bungie in May 2022, Alan was instructed to investigate the performance of an employee, who allegedly pointed out that he was the only black employee on a 50-person team. He expressed concern that he was being racially targeted by his supervisor at Bungie, and Alm shared the details of the situation with her own supervisor. Alm recommended that the employee's supervisor should receive diversity training, but she states that her recommendation was met with hostility and denial. Her recommendation was denied since the supervisor had been there for a long time and is considered a highly regarded employee. After the recommendation was denied, Alm alleged that Bungie recommended the termination of the employee's employment. This is the black employee at this point. She disagreed with this measure, saying that termination would be racial bias. In September 2022, Alm reached out to Bungie's Director of Equity and Inclusion, Dr. Courtney Benjamin, for advice regarding the incident and Alm's supervisor was extremely angry after learning about her conversation with Benjamin. Later that month, Alm was placed in the Needs Improvement category during a review, and subsequently cut off from her email and Bungie platform access. At the end of the month, Alm was informed that her resignation from Bungie was accepted, despite not intending to resign. The former HR manager also claims that she declined to sign a document stating that she voluntarily resigned, and she did not receive an email response from Bungie Chief People Officer Holly Barbakovi after reaching out for help. End quote. So a big old quote there and a lot of name dropping. <laughs> and you'll never believe this, Will. Naturally, Bungie have denied the allegations, but notably did not provide further detail to dispel the alleged bias. Well, I feel like that's a pretty normal response to doing that type of situation. I don't think that they would feel the need to elaborate on the situation. No, exactly. And, you know, it may just be fairly standard procedure, as you say, as it's best not to comment on things whilst legalities are ongoing. Um, So we will likely have to wait until the new year to get the real story with the trial scheduled for the 22nd of January 2024. Right, that'll be an interesting one to know down. Uh, I wonder whether they'll uh, name and shame the the accused once it actually comes out and is confirmed. Fingers crossed it's nothing serious and uh, hopefully justice has served whatever the outcome. And with that, I think we come to the end of the news for this week. Apologies listeners that it wasn't a more happy one, but you know, these weeks happen. But let's re-raise the spirits now. I think it's about time for the... A Games Challenge! (laughs) 
So, it was my challenge this week. The task I was given was to play Dead Space 2008 and complete the game on hard mode using only a plasma cutter. I was not allowed to use stasis or telekinesis except for in puzzles where it was necessary. That's right. And as we covered last week, uh, telekinesis, obviously the ability to manipulate objects without needing to touch them, and stasis being the ability that typically is used to slow down objects in the environment as well as enemies that are attacking you. Yes, and with these parameters in place, the challenge began. Now, I couldn't start at the weekend because I had plans, but Monday night... I was geared up and ready to go. Got the game on my PC, got it installed. Looking forward to get going. And instantly there was an issue. Oh dear. Instantly, within (laughs) seconds. I even booted this up this weekend to check how it ran and it was fine for me. (laughs) Like, I don't know if this is because of my hardware. I don't know if it's because the game is poorly optimised. I suspect it's the latter, but I don't know. But instantly on the menu screen, the mouse was just going absolutely everywhere. Oh, I do did have that. Yeah, the hu- insanely high sensitivity on the mouse. Yeah. Yeah, I turned it down to off, basically bottom of the slider, and it was still moving around like yeah. an absolute mad. Like I could not deal with it. Tried to play the game with with the um, mouse and keyboard because I figured my accuracy might be a little bit better with the mouse and keyboard. And virtually unplayable. It was way too slidey. Like I couldn't aim because sometimes there would be no movement because I turned the sensitivity down, but other times it would just fly all over the screen. Oh right, interesting. Okay. It was yeah, really odd. So I was like, okay, f- it, controller. That's controller. Fine. It's fine. Game was designed for a controller, no yep. problem. Yeah. But did you know that at least in version I played or with the controller I've got, which is an official Xbox controller, now wired, so it's not a dodgy adapter, it was the official Xbox adapter. Um, did you know there's a little feature in the game? You know how uh, left bumper, hold it down, is to sprint? Yes, that is a, yeah, yes, well-known feature. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, and that's all good. I'm happy with that. Did you know that randomly on the PC port that I played, uh, it will change your control scheme so that left bumper becomes the right stick? show you where you need to go function. Oh, okay. Okay. Odd. Very odd. And you could seemingly get around it by clicking left stick and it would sort of set the controls back to default or whatever. Never really understood what happened, but thought, okay, that's a weird thing. I'm just going to go with it for the time being. And uh, more than once, like a multitude of times, I'd be trying to run away from something and I'd just completely stop dead and just do the whole beam on the floor (laughs) thing. Right, the navigation system. Damn. Awful. Yeah. That sounds like an issue. But I still tried to persevere because I was like, because sometimes I could get it working for a few minutes at a time, like, you know, you know, like 20 minutes, half an hour, like fairly consistently. But then came the biggest problem of all, which was, you know, at the end of chapter one, you go back to the shuttle and it explodes. My PC could definitely handle it. The game could not handle that explosion. Crashed, I want to say twice at least, maybe three times at that point. <laughs> right. Okay. Which uh, kicked me back to the last time I saved, which because I was trying to get through it relatively quickly at this point, uh, was ages ago. So I wasn't happy with that. Finally got through that bit and the explosion didn't kill the game. And then the control switch happened thing with the two enemies that come on the bridge straight after that scene. (laughs) Right, oh my god. And I was just like, this is unplayable, I can't do this. And couple that with the fact as well that the loading times were absurdly long. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, this is weird, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of this I've experienced when I stuck it on. I stuck it on for about, to be fair, only about 20, 30 minutes, but I wanted to kind of see how I got on with it as well. Yeah, no, very, very bizarre. And uh, at this point, Monday night, probably about 8pm, I I, I was like, fuck this, I'm too angry to play this now. This is nonsense. (laughs) But what I did do before I completely turned off for that night and played a bit of Liza P was I checked my Xbox because I had a suspicion that I had it. 
on Xbox. I had a suspicion I had the 360 version of Xbox. I wasn't sure if it was a Games with Gold. Yeah, yeah. But I looked and I had it. It was a game I owned. Very good. Okay. Got it installed, but was I was done with the dead space on monday night <laughs> that was so unfortunate the only thing i can think that's really different about mine or your hardware is you're running on amd architecture yeah uh, i'm running on intel that's the only thing i can think so we get to the true challenge start date which was tuesday night and uh, on xbox the loading screens were like at least five times quicker i'm not even kidding which oh, is right. okay that's that's definitely something exactly so very bizarre how did the game look compared to you playing it on pc it looked better on xbox yeah i'm not surprised given the fact that they have a few post-processing effects a little bit more blur to it and stuff like that so it covers any rough edges xbox it played wonderfully loaded quickly job was a good and i hadn't got out of chapter one so i hadn't really lost any progress yeah yeah so we begin the challenge proper Basically, you, the first weapon you get is the only weapon I was allowed to use, the plasma cutter, which you get very, very, very quickly at the start of the game. That's right. Um, after an incredibly tediously long cutscene, which you can't skip, um, which was only tedious and long because I'd watched it about five times the night right. before. <laughs> A lot of arguing. And uh, we were introduced to sort of two of the main characters of the game. Um, Commander Hammond. I don't know what his rank is exactly, um, but Hammond. And uh, I don't even remember what the lady's name is. I really don't remember what her name was. No. I'm, oh, God, no. It's been lost to me, yeah. Yeah, these characters really, I didn't elicit any emotion for them at all throughout this playthrough, I'm not going to lie. So, I started going through. Um, this game is kind of survival horror, I want to say. It kind of is survival mechanics, but I don't know how horror this game is, if that makes sense. I think there's plenty of jump scares, scary monsters, and uh, I mean, we classed Resident Evil games as survival horrors. This game's fits the bar, I would say. Didn't didn't get him any jump scares, won't lie. No? Didn't get into it, no? No, well, I, I didn't find it scary. To me, it was more action-y, weirdly. Yeah, there's definitely action elements in there as well, yeah, yeah. It kind of plays a bit more closer to RE4 in that sense. I'd agree with that, for sure. I, I saw a lot of similarities, including some of the enemies, <laughs> funnily enough. Oh, Which right, is a weird yeah, thing yeah. to say, because uh, the enemies in this game are called the Necromorphs, and they basically have long limbs that you can dismember, um, which is the best way to do damage to them. Just shooting them randomly in the body, like you do in most enemies in most games, or even in the head, isn't the best way to kill them. And... Uh, that at first was a really cool mechanic. Did get a little bit tedious towards the end, but I wonder if that's because I was only using one weapon. Yeah, it could have been, yeah, yeah. So my strat was basically the same for the whole game. The first couple of levels were really just sort of setting the scene, as you'd expect in a horror game. Nothing too major in terms of challenge. Um, there weren't really any big gank fights or anything like that. Typically, you're only facing off at two or three enemies at a time, really, yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah. And very quickly in these early, I want to say within the first two or three chapters, there's 12 chapters in the game, right? Within the first two or three chapters, um, because I only had one weapon to work with, I, I had fully upgraded the damage on it. Yes, yeah, definitely the first thing you want to do. i got to say, I did consider making it a prerequisite of this challenge to not be able to upgrade the pistol either. <laughs> yeah, that would, have been, uh, that would have been interesting for sure. Because uh, as I say, I was able to do that very quickly. Um, yeah. Power nodes, which are the things you use to upgrade your equipment, are fairly sort of common items you get them quite regularly um in sort of little power boxes i guess they'd be yeah and um, yeah. you can also buy them in the store for ten thousand credits which um i did quite a bit of at first okay, and instantly okay. regret because uh it was a waste of money yeah yeah i mean these are dropped amongst the game intending you to upgrade multiple weapons at a time exactly. so considering you're funneling them into one thing yeah very quick upgrade exactly and because I'm not allowed to use stasis or telekinesis. There was literally zero point in me upgrading the capacities of those. 
anytime you need to use stasis for a puzzle of that, there's a stasis regenerator on the wall, so you never really run out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't recall telekinesis actually using any power of any sort that I saw. No, it doesn't. No, I'm pretty sure telekinesis is free. Exactly. And, you know, I'm using it to drag things around so I can walk across them and stuff. That's basically the limit of it. Yeah. And at this point, yeah, I had my fully damage upgraded pistol and uh, this made the game a hell of a lot easier because most enemies at this point, except for some of the bigger elite enemies that we'll talk about um were sort of four or five shot kills if i hit everything correctly and most of them dropped six bullets so at first the game it was taking probably me taking six or seven shots to kill everything right right and i'd get the bullets straight back if they dropped ammo so it was kind of tit for tat i had to be very careful with my shots but from chapter let's say from chapter four for sure i was actually making a net positive on my ammo for the most part with the enemies at this point in the game okay okay that's good yeah i wasn't expecting that i was hoping that uh that that doesn't that doesn't quite sound like it was giving the challenge that i was hoping for i was hoping for you to be scrabbling for ammo a little bit yeah well that comes later right okay (laughs) good good (laughs) but i do think that because i I did some reading online apparently easy normal and hard are exactly the same game except for the enemies hit harder and you hit less hard yeah and in easy mode you get i think eight or nine bullets per pack and in hard and normal you get six yeah yeah that's pretty much it yeah tighter ammo constrictions and hitting less uh rather yeah hitting less hard getting hit harder yeah exactly so uh, and and don't get it twisted it, it sounds at this point like i'm breezing through the game an early game I, I was if i'm being honest with you i was thinking to myself oh this this is a little bit easy isn't it for, for a hard mode, I mean. Like, I, I expect a hard mode in a horror game to be quite brutal. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, for you, <laughs> <laughs> at this point, um, I believe it is chapter four where um, I met my sort of, if you want to call it the first boss character, I guess, mini boss, elite enemy. Don't know what the f*** it was called, because I don't really know the enemy names in here, but a big f***ing lummox of a thing runs at you, looks kind of like a, a stegosaurus, but <laughs> yeah, obviously yeah, a lot more grotesque. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very kind of like meaty and bony as well. Yeah. It's one of them ones. I wouldn't be surprised if it was called The Brute or, you know, one of them type yeah. jobbies. Yeah. Big, big f*** of this. Interestingly, these fuckers you can't really shoot from front on. No. You can, but you have to be hella accurate and they're running towards you at quite a speed. And I believe what the strat is for these is you stasis them and run around the back, right? Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't allowed to do that, obviously. No, no. So I had to just uh, wait for it to charge, time my run to perfection, hoping I'm in an open space, by the way. And they sort of, when they charge and miss you, they stop for a brief moment to sort of get their bearings. And you can get three, four, maybe five shots in the back if you're really quick. Right, yeah. And I never quite got the logic of it, but I think if you hit this a certain point in their leg or something, you never dismember them like you do with other enemies, but you can make them sort of fold in on themselves in a really Stagger defensive a stance. Yeah. And in that position, there is only one specific spot, which is a little opening where you can hit them, but because they're doing nothing, it's a very easy target. Mm, yeah. I did die once to this guy, I think, and uh, death was very annoying in this game sometimes. And what I mean by that is... The auto-saving checkpoints were quite generous, mm. but there were occasions where it would take you back to a long way before you did, and it was really irritating, especially if you had no ammo and things of that nature, which right, did happen yeah. a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think because I've sort of mentioned there that stasis would have been the strat and stuff, I think it's worth pointing out relatively early doors that there were a couple of times where I accidentally used stasis because 
my muscle memory is that reload should be X. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's slightly weird uh, control scheme as well. Yeah, and uh, in this game, you, you have to reload by holding down left trigger and pressing A on an Xbox controller. Uh, and holding down the left trigger and pressing X is stasis. And uh, occasionally, um, I stasis a dead body when I was trying to reload at the end of a fight, and I figured that's fine, I don't need to reset that. But there were a couple of occasions where I stasis an enemy when I was trying to reload, and I was like, well, f that means I've got to quit out and reload my last save which could be further back than the checkpoint i'd be at as well so there were a couple of instances like that where that was quite annoying too yeah, yeah. but one good thing that came out of that and clearly I, I did have some achievements in this game from 2013 so i assume that i must have played it back in All right, for a little enough. bit back then um i actually got the achievement pop for 50 stasis enemies in like chapter four at some point because obviously i'd used like the two or three more that i needed or whatever oh, fair enough. Okay, yeah, <laughs> and popped yeah. it but but yeah so now every time i had to quit out and uh one time it got me really bad i basically had to go back to the start of the entire chapter oh damn it turns out i was about two-thirds of the way through by that point so that hurt <laughs> it had to be done i'm not going to cheat to win this thing if i'm going to win it i'm going to be <laughs> i'm going to play honest and uh that was you specifically pointed out that that's what i need to do so that's what i did i think it's the only way to to do yeah, it. it's yeah. it's, it's the only fair way and uh this wasn't an issue with telekinesis so much um although there is a point later where i deliberately did it for an achievement and took the reset <laughs> <laughs> fair enough <laughs> it's, it's coming up so we'll, we'll get into it um but yeah the, this brute guy was uh the first really formidable foe i thought there'd, there'd been other sort of little set pieces with lots of little ones that had been relatively challenging but nothing too bad to this point yeah i mean you've got like babies with tentacles that spring out of their back and shoot projectiles yeah, yeah. at you you've got guys that are kind of like half a torso uh, with arms and a head crawling towards you their spinal cord is extended into like a scorpion tail exactly and you have to go vertical with those guys you can't use horizontal chops you have to go vertical on the arms you learn these things when you're only using one weapon so this uh, this uh, whatever has taken over the ship is really kind of deformed and disfigured and even corrupted uh, science experiments that were going on on the ship and turned them all against you crew included yeah Although it does turn out that some of the crew are kind of working with them, which is kind of fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But after this fight, um, and really at the end of chapter four, I, and I hope I'm getting my chapters right in this because uh, I, I won't lie, um, sort of within the next couple of chapters, I did lose interest a little bit. Um, this game was very, very slow paced, except for when huge fights would happen and then it was incredibly fast paced, but then it would slow right down again. Yeah, yeah. But I do hope that chapter five is the correct chapter for this and I'm not making a mistake, but I think chapter five is where we had like the first what I'd call proper boss fight. If Brute Guy was a mini boss, there was a dude at the end of this chapter. Um, again, don't know the names, but it was very, very similar to the Resident Evil 4 enemy that you get on the island, the Regenerator. Right, yes, that's right. Yeah, I think he is called something like the Regenerator in this as well. You're set a task um, of going to basically kill this huge monster that's in the food store that's corrupting the air and making it sort of poisonous. And as part of that, you need to mix a poison together. And as part, I, I hope I'm getting this right in terms of where I am in the story, but I think you get the cat poison canister from this room, you then get locked in a room and there's two tanks in the side of the room. One of them's got like what looks like a human in it and the other one's got a humanoid sort of f***ing big mess like necromorph, <laughs> but, but he's a thick boy necromorph, you know what I mean? Yeah, thick yeah. arms, thick legs. And he gets let out and uh, you, you know, I naturally, I started to attack him and 
he had the health of a normal enemy, it seemed. I just cut his legs off, cut his arms off, jobs are good. But then he f***ing regenerated with him, like, super quickly as well. Like, he has a little beat on the floor where he does nothing, and then just everything sort of flashes up and fuses, and then he regrows everything. And I was like, okay. Yeah, 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 he's serious. And at this point, I didn't know if it was like a, I have to do this two or three times kind of jobby. So I emptied all my ammo into him, got him down two or three times, and then the, um, the lady who I've forgotten her name, which is very bad, and I do apologize. <laughs> um but yeah she says like uh, you can't kill this thing it's just going to infinitely respawn get out of there um so at this point i reloaded my last save so i was like well i've wasted loads of ammo on that guy and i had saved i knew i'd saved relatively recently to that so it was okay right okay but this motherfucker then proceeds to follow you around the ship for this level in certain instances and you there was a big fight in a really open room where he's there and there's about probably in total by the end of the fight 12 to 14 mobs that come after mm. you yeah, I remember the room. I remember the room well. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, this this was um, a very brutal fight because I had relatively low ammo for what I needed and I believe that the ammo drops or whether it's a credit drop, an ammo drop or um, something else or different ammo to the gun I was using, I think is RNG based and I just got really unlucky with the plasma blaster bullets drop. I was just right, really Right, you were just picking up loads of credits or something. Instead yeah, of it was ammo. credits and fucking line rails and shit, <laughs> which I was happy with because let me tell you, I sold pretty much everything as part of this run which is how i was able to keep my med packs and my bullets in check and uh some of this ammo was worth a lot like Mm. a lot and shout outs to the diamond and ruby fucking um circuit boards or whatever they're called 25k and 10k a piece right yeah 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 high value treasure items but yeah this room was a motherfucker dude there were a couple more rooms like it later in the in the game where there's like just loads of enemies and i didn't have much ammo and it was brutal but this was the first like brutal room where I was like, okay, this took me a couple of goes and I was like, okay, this this is now, I can see the challenge aspect of this. And this level culminates uh, where with me, this regenerator hunter guy, and two or three of those tentacle baby things that throw weapons at you. What? Throw weapons at you, that throw um, sort of, I guess, bombs or bullets or whatever the yeah, f*** they throw at you. Yeah, like spiny things. I don't know, yeah. Projectiles. They throw projectiles at you. Sharp, bony projectiles, I think. Uh, it was just me and that lot in a room, and in the centre of the room was a big old cryo tank. And um, I'm a little bit embarrassed about the fact I didn't understand what I needed to do straight away. But what I was doing, I was just running around this cryo tank, and then I just eventually thought, I'll run into the other room and see what that does. And there was a control panel in there, which I pressed it, and it freezes the tank, right? Yeah, yeah. But I hadn't actually put the motherfucker in the tank because I was just f***ing around seeing right, what I had to do. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So once again, I just thought, well, I'm not going to wait for it to unfreeze and do it. I'm just going to reload and yeah. do this again. Um slash let myself die because that was sometimes quicker depending on where i thought the checkpoint would be yeah and i I can't remember in this instance exactly what i did but i reset and uh again what you're meant to do i think is in an ideal world is stasis him when he stood in there that's right yeah but you can achieve the exact same effect by getting him not quite in the chamber but sort of in the doorway yeah right shooting his legs off and then he won't start regenerating until he loses a third limb, I believe. That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's on a timer. I'm not 100% sure. He, he will. Yeah, it doesn't really start. It, it happens a lot quicker the more you shoot off. Because I shot his legs off and he was in the doorway, I ran straight backwards and into the office to press the button. And in that time, he'd managed to crawl forward a little bit and just be in the chamber. Nice. So nice. it became a timing exercise, but it was not too bad at all. Good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Quite a nice boss fight that, you know, it was, um, it mixed it up a little bit added sort of the puzzle to a boss fight um which was nice and uh, that's where i actually put it down for that night i was like okay sweet 
that's a very nice point to end. Over the next couple of days, I cracked on with with the story, got through it again. As I say, by this point, I I, I won't lie, I was getting uh, the the gameplay and the story was a little bit convoluted in the middle i found i wasn't really sure what was going on most of the time it did sort right. of tie it back up in the end but at this point i it was just i, I was it was a bit boring i won't lie for for my tastes Fair i'm enough. not the biggest yeah. i'm not the biggest survival horror guy as i've said before i think on the show if you're not following the story as well i think that yeah it does rely quite heavily on on that there was the whole hammond and lady dynamic which was quite interesting um it was an interesting dynamic the two shared. They were always arguing right from the start of the game and they never truly seemed to get on. I don't think he liked the fact that she disrespected his authority. You should have respected my authority. And she didn't like the fact that he seemed, like to her, he seemed reckless. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I think for me, the, the thing was less about some of the characters, more about the overarching storyline. Like the kind of, the fact that uh, you'd been summoned to this ship the Ishimura um, docked because there was some sort of distress signal going on. Probably, have we mentioned at this point that your character's called Isaac Clark? He's uh, an engineer. Oh no, we didn't go into the character at right. all, no. <laughs> not, not even slightly, yeah. So uh, Isaac's uh, an engineer uh, that is working on a vessel that has tried to land on the Ishimura to give them some help. Um, the Ishimura is, is a planet-cracking ship that, uh, that mines by extracting large chunks of planets extracting it into orbit and then mining it on a, a mining expedition they have uh, uh, picked up some sort of alien device and uh, that's about kind of as far as the story where james is up to at the moment but i guess the other motivation there for isaac is not only as an engineer that's working his way through the ship fixing the systems but also his girlfriend was on board at some point and he's hoping to track her down as well yeah exactly and there's a there's a video message that he's obviously got saved on his little kit keeps on looking at it yeah Keeps on looking at it, yeah, and uh, that actually brings me quite nice. And one thing I did really like about this game, a little bit random, but uh, the way the inventory's done, like if you move around in your inventory, Isaac looks. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of the interfaces in this game are all done as if your suit is projecting a hologram in front of you and navigating it. It's a really cool effect. Yeah, the shop was the same as well. I, I yeah. quite liked that. A nice touch. Yeah, yeah. Particularly for 2008, I feel. Yeah, it was very impressive. I, I'm not sure whether it happened in this one, but something that I always noticed that was really cool about two was the fact that you didn't really need a torch because light shone out of your kind of uh, lined visor and it would light up the environment in front of you. Can't remember if that happens in one or not. I don't recall that being in one, but whenever you aimed your gun, you'd get a torch light. Right, okay. okay. So that was how I got around that. Not, not that I didn't find this game that dark either. There were moments, but for the most part, there was always a light. Yeah, this game uses lighting a lot. There's, there is a lot of darkness, but it's punctuated by light and that's pretty much all of how the game looks really. It's Yeah, but as a result it does make it quite light for a dark game if that makes yeah, sense yeah yeah i would say it borrows from things like uh, i think uh, i've heard the comparison drawn between it and alien before in terms of some of the scenes where ripley's navigating a ship lots of uh, like klaxons and sirens running steam gushing out of vents and things like that and working your way through fairly enclosed spaces yeah and, and i can see that and it had that sort of the soundscape um had that sort of vibe as well mm, yeah um, for sure. the way that it tries to create atmosphere to sort of make you always feel on edge is that there'd be random sort of crashes there'd be random scuttles because the necromorphs typically they get around by moving in the vents again very akin to the alien movies as well um and like random explosions occasionally you'd see a person on the floor that was crying and then they'd suddenly die as you walk towards them yeah lots of clearly like traumatized psychopathic ptsd uh survivor crew people that are 
well, Survivor's not really, uh, it's pretty generous. So at this point, um, the next chapter, chapter seven, um, I don't recall there being any notable fights in it, but it was very notable for the fact that you had to be on a fucking long elevator for a lot of it. There was quite a cool set piece while you're on that elevator where um, at various points, Necromorphs would jump down onto the elevator and you'd have to deal with them. Yeah, And you never knew right. whether they were going to come from the wall or come from through the top or, or whatever. Again, all of this is so familiar to Resident Evil 4 as well. <laughs> Loads of kind of set PC bits like this. That was quite cool. I was glad it only happened once because I think if it happened every single time you got on the left, it would have become overkill. Well, I, I think that they were trying to maintain an element of suspense and, uh, and horror there. So yeah, I, I think what they kind of, I thought like they gave up on it as the games went on. But they did have that sense of unpredictability in this one still. In the later ones, every vent, you knew there was going to be a necromorph bursting out of it. Whereas this one, it sometimes makes you think there are some bits in there that are meant to kind of put you on edge, but nothing actually happens. Yeah, and I'd agree with that because there are various points throughout the game where the vent might blow open or a side panel on the wall might suddenly come off but then that will be it. Nothing actually happens. And it does do that to, to particularly great effect. You know, not my style of game, as I've said, but objectively, this game does, like the soundscape and the atmosphere it produces are very cool. I've missed out a bit, actually, you where there is a big on. old problem with the old automated defense systems that's going to kill the ship at some point. And uh, basically, you have to get to a cannon, manually use it to blow up asteroids and things of that nature from hitting the ship, while right. our good friend Hammond fixes the um, automated defense systems. And whoever made this cannon aim uh, deserves a place in f***ing the ninth circle of hell. <laughs> Even on Xbox, it's very high sensitivity from memory, yeah. But then really low sensitivity when you try and precision aim. Yeah, and also it didn't seem to go where I was aiming it. Like Now, some of this could be user error. I'm not going to rule that out, but it had two green dots that sort of were your crosshair. Mm, mm. And there were times where I was fucking on the rocks, dude. Like, I saw it on the rocks and it went under. So I think you have to aim for the middle of the rock, basically, is what I'm getting at. You can't just aim for the edge of the rock. <laughs> I think I probably gave up on using that crosshair and just kind of looked where the bullets were firing. Yeah, that's probably a good strat to use. Um, and I, I'm ashamed to admit that I did fail this twice. Um, so I, I did get it eventually. And because of this, there is a boss fight, if you want to call it a boss fight, very generously, later on where you have to do the same sort of thing, but you're shooting the tentacles off a big thing. That's right. Yeah. And I did that first time because of the trials and tribulations I've had with the, the original bit. Not really even worth going into that fight, I don't think, because it's nothing special. You just shoot the big yellow bits on a fairly non-moving enemy that will occasionally throw stuff at you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's more of a dodge and shoot type of game. At this point, I feel like it might just be worth going into more of a Bosch Rush conversation because the enemy diversity in this game isn't vast. There's sort of... Your basic necromorphs, there's the scorpion boys that Will mentioned earlier, there's the sort of baby boys that Will mentioned earlier, and then there's versions of those that are slightly darker, that take a few more hits. That's right, yeah, yeah. And outside of that, there's kind of the elite enemies, like the brutes. There's quite a cool enemy that's like a, a sort of mess of bodies attached to the wall and then tentacles come out of it and it has like six tentacles that you have to shoot, but periodically it will blow out a little sort of fetus looking thing that one tentacle will grow out of and throw stuff at you yeah that's right if you get too close it'll just straight up decapitate you but yeah but aside from those though I, i'm struggling to think of any more notable enemies that pop out there's uh there's the big chunky boys uh that are filled with these weird parasite things that you can shoot and the parasites burst out how could i forget about those because those little things are the worst enemy in the game <laughs> they are with the pistol but they are so satisfying to kill with the flamethrower it's kind of like it's the only weapon or the only time rather that i use the flamethrower in the game is just for those guys so yes 
no, that's a very fair one. And the other one I can think of actually is there's ones that sort of, um, they carry around a yellow sack. And if you shoot the yellow sack, it explodes if you hit it twice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the final one that, I could, that I've just remembered as well, this kind of a slender man looking motherfucker. He's really tall, really skinny, really easy to dismember, but then all of his body parts become individual yeah, enemies. That's right, yeah. He's quite a rare enemy. There's not very many of him in the game. I can think of multiple instances where all the other enemies that we've mentioned so yeah. far, even the scorpion tail ones as well that we mentioned earlier, um, they're all very common. But uh, yeah, those kind of limb guys... And uh, I don't know, it sounds like you haven't died a great deal in this game, but one of the things that this game really stands out is uh, the death animations are fantastic. And if you get killed by one of those long limb guys, particularly the uh, the severed head is fantastic. Did you get it? <laughs> it's like Mortal Kombat style fatalities almost. Basically what happens with that specific one is um, the head octopus guy he's choking you out while you're tapping A to try and get him off. Yeah. If you do, if he kills you while you're doing it, he pops your head off clean and then inserts the tentacles into your body and he's kind of acting as your head while your body has still got a little bit of life left in it and then he eventually assumes control. You kind of walk off shambling with this loosely attached head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's quite dark and quite funny. And I do agree with your point that the death animations in this game was cool. They could have been shorter though. Some of them. <laughs> they, they go into it, like I said, it really is Mortal Kombat style fatalities. They're, they're excessive, absolutely. Yeah. We're talking 20 seconds, like no joke. It was one of the things that really kind of put this game on the map really was it's completely excessive death animations but i agree with you and especially playing on a hard run in your first attempt at this game the deaths actually what now you've said that it kind of sounds like they might have been fairly plentiful so um yeah i can appreciate you not wanting to sit through these death animations over and over there's uh probably three more notable fights that i'd like to talk about and then we'll get to how i did in my thoughts the first one is you end up in the food storage and there's a big old thing in there. I think it was called the Leviathan. That rings a bell. Yeah, I think you're right there. And um, this was where I deliberately did the telekinesis because I saw that there was an achievement for catching one of its projectiles and oh, throwing right. it back. Okay. Yeah. So, I, so I, um, I used the first fight as a sort of scouting attempt. Basically, he has big old tentacles that he sort of swings at you and the way to avoid it is to zero grav onto the ceiling. Yeah. Or the opposite way that you're going because this is a zero grav boss fight. Really like that mechanic, by the way. I thought that was a really fun way of implementing something different into another boss fight it was and because this was a sort of in a cylindrical room it was really satisfying to do you could go to all four sides if you wanted yeah yeah and um he has five tentacles each with a yellow weak spot um you have to take them all out of course and then um he starts firing projectiles from his mouth at you which is what i caught and then reset as soon as i got the achievement and inside that mouth once he stopped firing at you um there's like another yellow weak point that you have to shoot an inordinate amount of times before he dies. Or maybe <laughs> maybe that or I was just missing. I, it could be either, honestly. I did do this boss first time, if you want to call it first time, because I did reset deliberately. But I literally got it with my last bullet. Oh, nice. Okay, that's like the, It was final shot of, like, all rinsed all of my inventory's worth of bullets, because I was like, why is this guy not dying? Like, the, te <laughs> the tentacles go down super easily, like, four, maybe five hits per. Yeah, But this mouth thing, I, I don't know if I was doing it wrong or whatever. Um, no, you were probably just encountering a uh, hard mode HP boss fight and it just took a lot of shots. Maybe the pistol is for once not the optimal thing to use for this fight. Uh, it doesn't sound like you were severing something. It sounds like you were shooting a weak spot. So maybe the pistol didn't particularly shine in this boss fight. Honestly, I think I probably just didn't have enough ammo on me when mm. I did it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, because like one more set of twelve, for example, would have comfortably sorted me out. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was probably just my um my ammo management to that point. But I thought this was quite a cool fight. It was nice to mix it up um to actually use the environment a bit more. Probably had the most health of any boss in the game, I'd say. It's the only boss it sounds like that's taken you down to your last bullet. The second fight I'd like to talk about takes place as you are helping a doctor power up a shuttle, either to escape or return the marker Will mentioned earlier to its origin planet. As you're fixing the shuttle, um, we get another visit from an old friend, as it turns out, because uh, a couple of frames or scenes before, our good friend the Regenerator, the Hunter, whatever you want to call it, Makes a reappearance. I don't know if it's the same one. Probably isn't, but could be, because it was only frozen before. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's probably a new one. Yeah, and uh, this was a very unwelcome sight, because I I don't like enemies that you can't kill. (laughs) Yeah, 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 understandably. Particularly in a game where, by this point, I really was scrounging for ammo and health and stuff. You'd spunked it all on that earlier boss fight. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, and it was just at this point, I was really sort of getting like, right, I I cannot... with you i'm just gonna run away but he eventually corners you by the shuttle and um the shuttle is kind of surrounded by walkways and there's a little room to the side that sounds familiar doesn't it with a control panel on it that guess what tests the shuttle's engines (laughs) so instead of ice this time you're now using flames exactly and uh it was a very very similar sort of uh strategy to do it did this one first time because i knew about it basically um before he comes into this room you have to test the engines anyway so you see exactly where the flames are gonna go yeah it puts the idea in your head exactly and you know then know where he needs to be to do it yeah and uh same strat just a little bit further out than what i needed i severed his legs and then ran straight backwards so he'd follow me by the time he got to where the sh- the um thruster was i got to the control panel was able to burn him alive and uh, because of where the terminal was placed i got to watch the whole thing lovely it's quite grisly yeah as his dead space likes to be yeah but it was that was quite a nice touch i think because you didn't really or at least i didn't really see much of the freezing on the first one right, but this one okay. you saw everything you saw him yeah. char up <laughs> but then after a little uh, after to be honest quite a tedious bit of dragging around the fucking marker along rails and stuff um a little bit too much of that in the final two chapters i won't lie i do remember those bits i personally i'm not a, a fan of that section i don't think that it goes on too long i think that it's more just that i didn't like doing it that much so it feels like it goes on too long yeah it's not so much it went on too long as you say it's the fact that you do it and then the whole of the next chapter is that yeah basically yeah. that that's more what it is it just outstays its welcome it was quite a good narrative point but and a good way to drag it along the rails a little bit waves of enemies drag it along the rails a little bit more waves of enemies <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a difficult part for sure. Oh, very difficult. Um, particularly when you have uh, limited ammo yeah, and health. Yeah, yeah, And there's tentacles trying to hit you the whole time. There is. And yeah, a lot of explodey enemies. But um, I persevered, I got through, eventually getting this marker loaded onto the shuttle. And just as it looks like I was going to get on the shuttle with our doctor friend and we were all going to go save the day, that f***ing bitch. <laughs> the, the lady who I've forgotten her name of and still don't remember, I could have Googled it by now. We're just going to roll with it. It's Kendra. It's Kendra Daniels. But uh, yeah, this bitch, she f***ing turns on you. Um, So I thought Hammond was going to be the one to turn. He's actually dead at this point. Yeah, he got uh, absolutely crushed by a big old neck from off. But um, she sh- she just like completely destroys the- our good doctor friend here. Like take like his sort of front explodes. Yeah. Really gruesome this bit. And uh, she just steals the shuttle and like fucks you off. And you're actually helped by uh, your sort of girlfriend who has mysteriously turned up at this point. None other than the long lost Nicole. She sort of 
calls you into a side room that's been locked and she's sort of she's there and like i don't know if this was preceding what happens at the end which we'll get to when it happens but she looks very corpse like yeah i don't think anyone's looking healthy uh <laughs> after the effects of the marker on this planet exactly she's like pale as f- kind of a green hue to her skin not in good nick at all but she um informs you that the shuttle has a sort of self recall an emergency recall type jobby that you can control from the control panel mm. so um our lady friend kendra thank you kendra daniels she thinks that she's saved the day and is leaving with the marker but no she gets dragged back in she ejects herself from the escape pod uh leaving you and uh, nicole to get on the shuttle and head down to the planet aegis 4 i think it was i can't remember the numerals it's aegis though was the planet right yeah and uh basically return the marker to its place and seal away the hive mind preventing further expansion of the necromorph menace and uh so we go down again slightly disappointingly for the final chapter of the game there wasn't there were mobs and stuff but there weren't any like noteworthy fights it was just dragging the marker through rails and then you'd get attacked by waves of enemies again there's maybe one fight that comes to mind for me but again it's just a particularly heavy mob fight in a large room but yeah I got to the end of these rails. There was a fairly brutal fight out here, actually. There was tentacles, and then there was lots of the um, babies with the three tentacles that fire projectile at your enemies that came out of the walls and stuff, and they got behind me, and it was quite difficult. But you can sort of, in a lot of these places, you can get your back to the wall and sort of fire outwards in a cone. That's definitely the tactic, yeah, a lot of the time. And, you know, I, I... Got the marker up onto a little pedestal thing. Pressed a button on a terminal. Life's looking great. A couple of the baby enemies I'd left behind just exploded. Oh, right, okay. They just killed them as you completed the objective. I've never noticed that before. Interesting. Yeah, it was like the marker produces some sort of, not explosion, but like a blast. And it just... Oh, right, okay, fine. Yes, no, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, sweet victory. Life's good. And then that fucking bitch. (laughs) That fucking bitch. She turns up again. Kendra! Steals the marker and proceeds to tell me that I'm insane. (laughs) Saying that uh, I'd never watched the end of Nicole's message right to the end, and you actually then do, and she kills herself in the message. That's right. Yeah, this is a little bit like of a James Silent Hill type situation there, it made me think of. It felt like it borrowed a little bit from uh, the James and Mary situation. Yeah, well, it it did feel like this game was a love letter to some games that had come before it, in terms of stylistic choices, for sure. Yeah, (laughs) and Mortal Kombat being included. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. After calling us insane, Kendra just sort of f***s off. It doesn't, like, leave you to die or anything. You're just in a room and with a door that opens that leads you right back to the start of the level. And this is where I sort of could see the writing on the wall. Knew the final boss was potentially around the corner. Yeah, yeah. So I sold all of my shit. I got my two large health packs, my two mediums that I liked to have on me at all times if I could, and spent the rest of my money on plasma gun ammo because I was like, yep. final boss, if that f***ing tentacly boy that was in the food storage is anything to go by, this is going to be a long one. <laughs> Cue the easiest fight in the game. Yeah, this is less of a boss and more of a, a set piece, really. Yeah, yeah. It really was. I, I don't think it hit me. It might have hit me once. Right. It basically is a, a huge gargantuan tentacle mass hive mind it's called and what it does is it screams at you revealing sort of five weak points sort of around its mouth and then it attacks you with one of its two tentacles Mm. and the way you avoid it is you can it's very telegraphed which tentacle is going to come down and where run to the side Yeah, yeah that's all you do and then when it misses it will scream at you again and uh that gives you enough time to pop uh you know 
three to four shots into one of the things or mix and match, mm. whatever you mm. want to do. Each one probably taking five or six shots to kill. But the thing that made it interesting was that when you've taken three of them out, one of the tentacles grabs you and you're then held upside down and uh, you have to shoot the other two before it releases you. With that janky aiming system. <laughs> With a janky aiming system that is now upside down so it's inverted. You're forced inverted. Right, okay, okay. Now, this would be cause for panic were it not for the fact that you have so much time to hit the remaining two. Like, mm, yeah. I, I, I probably took about 60 to 90 seconds to do it, which is quite a long time in a boss fight. The game kind of wants to end at this point. I don't think it wants you to fail this because it's very set PC and the effect of you failing it would be watching what is essentially a long cutscene with minor player input for a lot of it. So it really wants you to just do it at this point. Exactly. And um, because I'd been sort of randomly pot-shotting the, um, the orbs anyway... I think they both had like one or two shots left. So it took me a fucking age to aim the fucking things right, but I did actually manage to aim them, got it. And then for its second phase, it has like a rib cage on its chest that opens up and reels the one final weak spot, very similar to the one that was in the mouth of the um, food storage enemy, the Leviathan. Yeah, yeah. And with this one, what it does is it has a massive tantrum where it's using both its tentacles to slam down on you. And in this case, again, very, very easily telegraphed. You run one side and then run the other side after that tentacle's come down. And then it opens its little mouth rib cage and you ha- you take a few pot shots at the um, the final yellow orb. Now, whilst it took more damage than the original five around the mouth, um, this one took significantly less damage than the Leviathan's one and was probably done in seven shots. Right, okay. Nice, nice. And yeah, was very, 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 very disappointed with that final boss. I was expecting more of an epic conclusion. Oh, really? I mean, I think it is pretty epic. It just maybe not as hard as you'd have liked. On hard mode, yeah, I, thought, yeah. I thought it was going to be more difficult than that. Mm, mm. I like my games to end with like a bang, like you know, it's it's and I'm not going to judge the game too harshly on it because this is my opinion. I I just prefer a game with a final boss. It's like that was an epic fight, and now I can put yeah. the game down. Yeah, yeah. This felt like it fizzled out a little bit, which was a shame, but obviously means I I was able to complete the challenge. Congratulations, man! Well done, buddy. Another challenge in the bag. I said to you off pod that I was actually quite nervous about this one. Um, because I'm not the best shooter game person and, uh, you know, hard mode, you know, is always going to be difficult if you don't know the game as well. But I've got to say, dude, this one is the easiest one I've had yet. Um, you, you, you think? Rec- you okay. reckoned it would take, well, you reckoned it would take me 12 to 16 hours. Yeah, yeah. Eight hours, 15. Wow. Okay. You were done quick with this as well. Yeah. And I, and I wasn't running past stuff like I did in the Evil Within and Resi. I, I, I did take on most things. Obviously, that's eight hours, 15 in game time. That that doesn't account for my deaths, so call it nine hours. But yeah, I was quite pleased with that. Fair play. No, very good. Very good. Okay, well, I'm definitely going to have to come up for something much more saucy for you next time. But yeah, and in terms of my overall thoughts of the game, there were points in this game where I really enjoyed it. I, I thought some of the set pieces were really cool and initial meetings with every single enemy type were great. Where the game falls off for me slightly is um, there was too much slow pace for me. The fights, when they were frantic, were very frantic and quite fun, but there was a a lot of slow pace for me. And that did lead to me at points thinking, my God, this is the most boring game I've played in a very long time. (laughs) I won't lie. That's really interesting because I always found those slow bits to be really enjoyable in terms of just exploring the ship, getting a feel for things, encountering minor kind of uh, set pieces and stuff like that. I always found that stuff really intriguing to go alongside, but it sounds like you only really enjoyed the combat of this game. Yeah, and even that was more... Initially, it was all wicked. Like, the dismemberment system initially is great. 
and this is probably as a result of the um the rule set imposed on me a little bit so I, i'm not gonna let it cloud my judgment of the game fully but every single fight was the same yeah i can appreciate that yeah because there's no varying of the weapons that you can use that does i would say inject a fair bit into the game and stasis too stasis would have made the game so different and don't underestimate telekinesis you can shoot off one of their claws pick up their claw and use it to impale them with it it's cool stuff like that that you wouldn't have been able to do even the saw blade gun, there's like a saw blade gun that can fire like a circular blade out in front of you that can slice anything, but you can also fire it like an actual projectile as well. Is that the Ripper? Yeah, the Ripper. Yeah, it's very cool. Because very cool. yeah, some of the guns in the game sound cool. The f***ing Ripper, the chain gun, the f***ing line gun. Like, they sound cool. The line gun is actually more of like a just a big uh, plasma cutter. It's kind of like the shotgun of the game, I guess. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, because yeah, the, the plasma cutter is a great weapon. Like, don't let the fact that I'm saying that I found the combat got stale because I was using the same weapon take away from the fact that it's a fucking great weapon. Yeah, fully upgraded is probably one of the top two weapons in the game. Yeah, and uh, probably top five, maybe even top three pistols I've used in a game of all time. It, it truly is a wicked weapon. Yeah, it's, I would say it, it kind of reaches that iconic status. It looks like a really cool gun as well. Yeah, and the fact that you can do both vertical and horizontal slicing, very cool. Yeah, kind of switching that on the fly becomes pretty necessary depending on the enemies that you're fighting. It works really well. It kind of plays all into that kind of core dismemberment mechanic. Exactly. So very cool stuff, but overall i i can't rate this game higher than average just because of the experience i had yeah fair play yeah which yeah. uh you know isn't as damning as it sounds necessarily because i did have a rule set imposed on me so take it with a grain of salt and objectively i can see a lot of the game the things this game did that survival horror fans would find really cool just not for me one thing that i would say is at the time 2008 this game was probably one of the best looking games out there in my eyes it i can believe that bloody amazing and even like subtle things like the way the hair moves in it it's mm. not good by modern standards but by 2008 standards yeah holy sh- right and included you know thing that you mentioned earlier with the menus and stuff like that it all leads to this quite quite immersive experience for games of that time and so for that i give it major props but will that is the end of my challenge once again putting my nose back in front three two i think it's about time we set you your challenge for this week don't you bring it on baby so spooky month is upon us dead space was uh quite a spooky game and i figured that for your challenge this week will i wanted to give you something with the spooky theme bit of challenge but in something that you're quite familiar with. Okay, okay. Looking forward to hearing what this is. I'm familiar with it. Mm. So, Will, your challenge this week is... I would like you to play Resident Evil 1 Remake on hard mode, knife only. Oh my god, that is quite the challenge, man. But I think it's a really good choice of game, so I'm definitely up for the challenge. I don't think this one is going to come easy, that's for sure. I have never done a knife-only run uh, on any Resident Evil game, despite being what I'd consider a Resident Evil OG. I've been playing these since they uh, started releasing. So, yeah, this is going to be quite the challenge. And that's why I don't feel too bad in setting you what seemingly is quite a hard challenge, because I know that you've played Resident Evil 1, Resident Evil 1 Remake, and all the other Resident Evils loads of times. But one in particular I know is one where you know the map super well, you know the routing as well as you know in any other game. So I think that this will be really fun for you, man. You can choose whichever character you want, because I'm aware that you can do either Jill or Chris campaign you can pick whoever you want i don't mind they're both essentially the same with some key differences but they're quite minor in the grand scheme of things yeah yeah and that's really the only rules from there you 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 are allowed to use 
other items that could be considered weapons. I believe there's some sort of um, mechanic in the game where you can use a knife, not the knife that you'll be using, but you can use a knife to sort of get an enemy off you. An escape item, like, yeah, okay, so I can use escape items, cool. I, I think that's fair game, because they will take up inventory slots that you might need for healing items and stuff, but no guns and no other weapons of any kind. Fine, fine, okay. Yeah, no, I can agree to those terms. That sounds, uh, yeah, it sounds like it is going to be difficult, but I, I'm really wondering how I'm going to manage on some of these boss fights, I'll tell you. There's actually an enemy in particular on this game that is unique to the remake version of the game that's going to be pretty difficult so look forward to getting into that and you mentioned earlier that i was familiar with this one although the the resident evil 1 remake kind of captures a lot of the uh the main points of resident evil 1 the layout of the mansion i believe is still slightly different so i think that there's definitely going to be some stuff that will catch me off guard here as well um so yeah i'm looking forward to uh seeing how i get on this week as am i tune in next week to find out how we'll get on so thank you very much for making it this far listeners we really appreciate you if you've enjoyed what you've listened to, you can, as always, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts by searching for Total Pod Mode. We also post regular video content of our playthroughs, stream highlights, as well as the podcast on our YouTube channel, Total Pod Mode. You can also find us on X by searching for at Total Pod Mode, all one word. Or you can find me at Hoodafunk on X, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Hoodafunk. And you can find me on X at Mr. Bames, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Bames underscore TPM. Okay, uh, Donny, I think we're wrapped up here. Thank you for your services. Shaman Bro didn't show, and I think we're all good from here. Dude, why the fuck didn't you tell me about his face before? His fucking face, dude! Well, yeah, he is a little unsightly. Before we met, he messaged me saying that as a child, he fell face first into a burning lawnmower. And the only way of putting out the face fire was to use honey from a nearby beehive that was guarded by a bear. Good God. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, well, I mean, aside from his looks, he, he did seem to be giving you the death stare this entire episode. What was that about? What are you talking about, man? Me and him are buds. Ah, whatever you say, man. But also, uh, I need to ask this. How are you even paying this guy? That's just the thing. He agreed to take on the job for free. Said it'd be his pleasure to handle this situation personally. Oh, well, that doesn't sound ominous. Relax, guy. I'm sure this is just the case of a friendly citizen taking pride in helping someone else out. Sure, sure. Just like everyone else on the dark web, eh? Anyways, this madness has gone on long enough. Listeners, we implore you once more, if you've enjoyed what you listened to, please do check out those social medias we mentioned before. Please do drop us a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice. Leave us a like, a comment. It all really helps the channel and we really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Couldn't have said it better myself. And with that, we come to the end of the episode. Until next time, goodbye now. Bye now. Bye now.